Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome back to the Roker Report Extra. You're back with us again. It's me talking about Birmingham again, which has been a big feature on this podcast the first few weeks. Every team we played, they played Birmingham the week previous. Then we played Birmingham. Now we play Birmingham again. It's only, I think, by the time we played them, 38 days since we last played them. Um, something like that. But my maths was never my strong point. But as it was, we had Chris from the Tilt and Talk last time. Guess what? I liked them that much. I actually invited them back. How are you doing, Chris? You well? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, yourself? Not too bad, mate. Yeah, yeah. Feeling slightly better after Saturday, but I feel like I was in that sort of mood last time I spoke to you because we just beat Fulham, I think, around that time. How was the mood at at your end? Because things have perked up, haven't they? Yeah, I was just about to say, uh, the last time we spoke, you guys were in confident mood after a a 1-0 home win. It's it's the same story this time around. Yeah, from my perspective, things I've picked up a little bit. I think I was a little bit doom and gloom merchant when I came on a month ago. But things have picked up a little bit, in fairness to the manager, whether he's listened to the fans or, or, you know, realised that, Actually, his his way of going about things wasn't necessarily the best, and he's put round pegs in in round holes, which which the Blues fans have been delighted with. It's got the best out of Sam Gallagher, who's looking our main goal threat. Jack McGomey is playing out of his skin since Boxing Day, and you were, we've got our best goalkeeper in goal, and our best two centre halves are playing. And yeah, so I think I think things are looking a little bit rosier than they did a month ago. It's strange because I remember the, I remember the conversation. Obviously, I came on your show for a bit as well, and I kind of I said I felt overconfident, and I said I thought that we got the monkey off our back after we beat Fulham. I thought we'd go and play Birmingham, who I've got to be honest, at that point you were looking pretty horrendous. Like thought that you could be cut adrift at the bottom at that point. But I remember when when you came up, and and me and a few of the lads and a few of the people who go to the matches, we were actually quite impressed by the way you played. I thought you were the better side at the stadium, right? Yeah, like you say before that game at that point you know we were, we were on a really bad run our away form was was dreadful and obviously you know you just I think Coleman was three or four games in and he was looking like you know he was turning things around and and you know there was a lot of pessimism and around the the club and that game in particular obviously knowing how big it was with both teams that down at the bottom but I think I think you're right that that, that sort of signalled a little bit of a start of, of the optimism, especially with the fans. I think the first half especially. You know, I think I think the fans were pretty impressed at how we went about it. You know, Sam, Sam Gallagher, like I said, played up front, you know, not, not left wing, not wasted out on the left. He played up front and, you know, he looked a handful and 
and you know we had our best our, our better midfielders if you like it you know getting in and around and and we created a couple of chances as well in that first half and I think you know obviously it was disappointing to to concede so quickly after after opening the scoring and then the second half was was difficult with Gallagher getting sent off you know we had to it was a bit of a back to the wall mission for that last half an hour or so but yeah I, th- I think that that was a little starting point we were pretty disappointing at home to QPR we lost that one. I think that was before the Sunderland game. And then on New Year, uh, Boxing Day, sorry, we lost at home to Norwich, which Gallagher missed because of the suspension from Sunderland. But since then, apart from losing at home to Derby, who, who I have to say were, were really impressive on the day, you know, we have looked a lot better than performances a couple of months ago and, and things are looking up a little bit. And it's a, it's a funny league. I've mentioned this many times and I spoke to a, a whole fan last week who, to be honest, I mean, I thought I, like mine and, and your podcast so the first one we did would be the most depressing of the season but if you get if you're ever feeling like you know you want to depress yourself a little bit it's probably <laughs> worth going back listening to that whole one because okay. geez it was uh yeah he was he was pretty sad but he, he did say something that really resonated he said you know he said i'm actually disappointed at how bad this league is he says i remember with the season they got promoted and he said the quality was quite good and and coming into it i, I really think and I mean, I'm, I'm coming in off the back of a win, but it looked not that long ago like Birmingham for me would be like cut adrift. But a couple of wins against teams that are classed as, you know, uh, playoff hopefuls, I would say. And I mean, your second bottom, yes, but you could quite easily get out of it. There's many teams that could get pulled into it. I was just looking at the table there and Reading are only four points clear of, of relegation of yourselves, actually, and, and ourselves. Anyone can get pulled into it because it just seems like anyone can be anyone. It's just about putting that run together, isn't it, really? Yeah, you know, I was looking at the table a couple of days ago as well, like, like you guys have done. And you could probably, right now, you know, coming to the end of January, there's three, possibly four teams that, that really haven't got anything to play for. You know, there's there's about 10 that could be looking at playoffs. And then there's about, you know, like you say, 14 or, you know, t- 10, 11 who, who could still possibly go down, you know, looking over their shoulders and... And you're right, mentioning the likes of Hull and Reading, who on paper, you know, shouldn't be anywhere near the drop zone. But, you know, Hull have been dragged into it. Reading are, are one of those that succumb to our little upturning form. You know, we, we beat Leeds. You mentioned the, you know, playoff home falls. We Leeds came to us two days after we lost uh, home to Norwich and were really, really poor. I was I was very surprised at how poor Leeds were. And we deservedly beat them on the day. Um, it was, a, you know, obviously... It was a little bit nervy, our end going, what, you know, we left it late, but it was a little bit nervy. But then going to Reading a few days later in the new year, we, we bossed that. You know, we, we were really good at Reading and, and they were really poor. And like you say, that these are teams that, that sh- you know, on paper, like ourselves probably, shouldn't shouldn't be anywhere near the bottom. But, you know, with circumstances going against them, bad managerial choices or, or you know, player choices there, they are in a scrap and they are looking over their shoulders. I feel like sometimes like a broken record, but I've, I've repeated this a few times. I really feel that this league, it just goes to show the teams that are down there. I don't think it's about ability. It's about wanting it and having an organisation, isn't it? And I think sometimes if you look at like Birmingham, um, Sunderland under Grayson, probably, we'll probably a little bit an organised, not really a plan going forward. It seems like Cartwell's got some sort of idea of what to do going forward. And Coleman's, I mean, Fair enough. We've lost some pretty poor games under Coleman. Don't get me wrong. One win doesn't fix everything, but we certainly look a lot more organised under Coleman. Like we've got some kind of idea of going forward, and the players on the pitch that we had on Saturday were on name basis. I mean, 
Diddy and Dong cost thirteen million pounds, mm. and then you've got Ethan Robson, who's making his debut for for the club. Like he didn't, I didn't think he'd get anywhere near the team. If I'm honest with you, he's twenty one. You think it's kind of it's it's done for him, but he had a better game than Dong's had all season, essentially. And I know it's one game, but it's because he seemed to know what he was doing in that team. Coleman seemed to have drilled into them what the idea is, and and like you said yourself, Cotterall from your side, he's put you know round pegs and round holes, and it's working for you. It is, and and you are hundred percent right with what you're saying about you know organisation. And the one thing Cottrell has done that that has impressed me and and other Blues fans as well is dropped Michael Morrison in defence and given Harley Dean the captain's armband. Uh, we got we got Harley Dean from Brentford, one of the many players we we nabbed from Brentford towards the end of the transfer window in the summer. Uh, he was their club captain. And Cottrell's give him the captain's armband. And since then, apart from, like I say, apart from Derby coming and turning us over, which which they've done to many teams this season already, you know, we, we have looked a lot more organised. And, you know, Blues fans are one, and I think Sunderland are probably the same. You know, they you, sometimes you say you don't mind if you lose, but at least you show a little bit of commitment, a little bit of passion. And, you know, but, but sometimes you've got to get that to get out of trouble in, in this division as well. You've got to show a little bit of quality. And, and that has, that has, you know, Know, resonated and that's come about in the last couple of weeks you know since since the turn of Christmas we have shown a little bit more quality we we're, we're a little bit better on the ball you know I'm not saying we're, we're like Barcelona now but you know we're a little bit better on the ball and we look a little bit more threatening going forward and with Dean and Roberts at the back you know as the back two and and Stockdale in goal we look we look a little bit tighter at the back as well we Roberts made a, a poor error at Preston at the weekend we drew 1-1 uh, you know, it's his defensive error which they scored from. But even even then, you know, we we didn't give up when we would might have done earlier on in the season, and we managed to sneak a point from it. Yeah, I remember the the first time we spoke, and I remember at the beginning of the season, and um, possibly even the the back end of last season. I think when we knew we were going down, we were sort of linked to Sam Gallagher, and I, I remember thinking that's quite a good move. And I, I remember, like, obviously you went to Birmingham, and I remember we were chatting, and you was I was saying, you know, he hasn't really hit the ground running. I was looking through your stats, and I said, oh, he hasn't scored many and you were saying he'd, he played on the left wing I mean you've mentioned a few things have changed you know as you said before uh, players in the right positions mainly but what else has changed is things like putting Sam Gallagher up front just give your team a new dimension because he's, he's a big boy he's not a winger that, that is that is for certain he's certainly not a winger he's you know he's, he's six foot four plus if anything you know but he's quicker than he looks as well and you know, he'll run the channels and, you know, he tries to hold the ball up really well. And, you know, I mentioned Jack Magoma as well earlier on. He's someone that, that has, I think he's benefited from having Gallagher up front because Magoma's now got the confidence to go at players and, and try and get the ball into Gallagher where before he had, you know, whether it was Lukas Jukovic, who, whose legs aren't like what they were, and or Chai Adams, who who is, a, you know, when he's played up front, you've got to knock it in behind and get him chasing it. But but Gallagher gives you a lot of other options, and Magoma's certainly benefited from that. He's looking a lot more lively. And Jeremy Boga, the other side on the left-hand side, has, you know, has started more regularly now. And, you know, every time he gets the ball, you think sometimes he loses it because he's trying to try one or two things. But, you know, you want that bit of spark from from your attacking players. And, you know, he's he's someone as well that looks 
looks very direct. And when he's running at players, our second goal at Reading, if you get the chance to have a look at it, is is really good attacking play, really pacey from Berger. He beats a couple of men on the halfway line and, and runs at the Reading defence, turns them and, and lays in Gallagher for Gallagher's goal. So, yeah, I, I think the front three are looking brighter, a, a bit more lively and... Uh, you know the, the the back five is is more set it's settled now it's more solid and and we just we we do look a lot better outfit than than we did when we were when we were talking before our game at your place and you mentioned about um you mentioned about having a back five there is, is that the formation that you've you've reverted to have you always played that formation or no so, sorry when i say back five i mean the back four plus the keeper i meant oh okay, so, um, okay. No, okay. no we we have we, you know since since the Sunderland game we've we've pretty much stuck to you know, it's been the same team mostly week in, week out, and it's a you know a four three two one if you like with Magoma uh, and Boga supporting Gallagher up front. But it's a back four, yeah, with with Stockdale in goal, and 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 that's we're looking a lot more solid with that. We're just talking about that on the, the last podcast, and I remember you saying that that's, I can't remember if it was on your your podcast or if it was on on ours. We were talking about Stockdale, and he'd, he'd been injured for quite a while, hadn't he? Yeah, he had. You know, I think it was a wrist injury. It was defined as you know there's. There's quite a lot of rumours that it was a training ground bust up between him and him and another player where he got his broken wrist from. You know, there's a bit of rumour about that, but it's it, you know it's it's good to have him back in the side and maybe this sums up where we are this season. That in possession, he's probably one of our best players in possession of the ball. You know, you'd rather have him in possession of the ball than some of our midfielders at this season. You know, his distribution is is very good. He's always alive to to a quick clear out and to get us going a bit quicker. But he's made a couple of crucial saves as well. Uh, the Leeds game where we won at home, you know, we won 1-0. When it was 0-0, Leeds had, Leeds had a really good chance where they broke through with about 20 minutes to go and he pulled off a really big side. Clean sheet at Reading and Burton at home in the Cup as well. So I, I, th- I think generally Stockdale, you know, when I mentioned on the show when I came on last time, you Stockdale, Boga, Gallagher in his right position, Harley Dean. You know, these players weren't in the side or weren't in their best positions and now they are. Sometimes football's a pretty easy game. I can't remember which fan I was speaking to, but I remember saying that football is sometimes an, an easy game played by idiots, and sometimes yeah. if yeah. you've got like left backs at right back and all that kind of stuff, and and I think um, yeah, that's one. I, I mean, I wouldn't say Sunderland have an upturn in form, but on paper, if you look at the, the form under Grayson, and we've won I think four games under Coleman, where it was one under Grayson. Mm. Coleman's very much brought in that three four three or that five three two formation that he sometimes okay, changes yeah. around, and and I really feel like because the players he he hasn't even though we've had a lot of injuries he hasn't negated from that either he's kind of stuck with it even if it meant putting like Adam Matthews at centre back and sometimes it hasn't worked but I mean I'm talking very positively because the win over Hull was a very good one. Mm. But at the same time, having players in a formation that they're used to, that you're training in every single week, it, it can't be a negative. Surely it can't. I think what we just simply lack sometimes is just genuine quality. That's certainly the case for us as well. You know, like you say, the understanding of the players and, you know, the, the way they train, you know, we, we've known since Boxing Day that we're a four-three-three, and, you know, un- unless there's an injury or a suspension, we're, we're pretty much going with the same 11 week in, week out. It, at the moment, it means Che Adams, who 
who has come back from injury at the moment. It means he can't get in the side. It means Hotter, our £6 million record signing, still can't get in the side at the moment. But at least we're a little bit more, you know, a, a little bit more aware and a little bit a little bit tighter and, and, you know, everything's a little bit more understandable with the players. Like you say, we're not Barcelona. We're not, we're not passing teams off the park and we're still giving the ball away a little bit too cheaply in midfield. But we're better. You know, we've got, we've got something to look forward to. We've got something going forward. I think, um, you know, when I was expecting you to be really, really poor and I think that, that came across in, in a few chats that we had. But I think, you know, watching what Hull produced on, on Saturday compared to what you produced against us on, I think it was just before Christmas, the 23rd, was I, I honestly think you could quite easily get out of it. I'm Hopefully not at our expense, but... No, yeah, of course, yeah. I've seen a lot worse sides, and if that wasn't just a one-off and you've continued on, you know, I think from an outside looking in, if you've continued that form, it, it's very good. And, and you mentioned about Stockdale before, and I was, I was going to touch on that before, the, the importance of having a good at least trustworthy goalkeeper between the nets massive. I, I think back to this season, I mean, Jason Steele is the worst goalkeeper that I've ever seen. I'm not even sure he is um, a goalkeeper. <laughs> and and Reuter is marginally better, but he's still prone to like a huge clangor. And I think if we had someone, I mean, we've been linked to Andy Lonigan, I think from Leeds, which would strike me as a little bit of a Darren Ward sign. I remember bringing Darren Ward in his 33-34 and he wasn't spectacular, but he was certainly steady. And I think there's a lot to be said for having a steady goalkeeper because suddenly the fence is not shiting themselves every time a ball comes in the box. Yeah, you, you, you're bang on the money. I think looking at your uh, your Twitter account, I think there was a, an under-23 or an under-19 game for Sunderland and, yeah. and your, your keeper looked pretty good and his distribution was, was, was excellent for one of the goals and you know you captioned it, get him in the side. So it's pretty clear that there's a... You know, there's there's a concern with your goalkeeping issues. I mean, you said about Lonergan. There's one of Thomas Kushak's going. You know, it looks like Derby Derby are looking at him. You know, as as a second choice keeper. You know, because he's not going to get game time with Stockdale. I think I think Kushak is one that that could be offloaded. He, he's someone that's certainly a experienced stopper. He's a very good shot stopper. You know, and and someone like that might might come in. You know, for a side like you and and help make that. Co- defence a little bit more confident and you know get get you a little bit tighter in defence we were linked to uh, let me think we were linked to yeah Kushak yeah we were linked to him in I think it was under Grayson I think because I think he had him at Preston okay yeah I think he had him at Preston and we, we were linked to him in the summer but then we signed Jason Steele, which I, I mean, I'd love to know whose idea that was because I mean, I, I know football. I know we're very fickle as football fans, and that's the way it is. That that's mm. just that, that's football, and we have they the players and the managers have to deal with that. That's the way it is. But I think when I watch Jason Steele, and I don't over exaggerate this at all, I don't understand how he became a professional goalkeeper because he's woeful. If you watch the second goal against Middlesbrough, I mean. Uh, uh, forgive me for swearing oh god yeah yeah Yeah. in the cup yeah yeah it was so did you see it I think so yeah I think I vaguely remember that one yeah dear god I mean and and the weird thing is Reuter came in um, at the same time and and Reuter actually had a really good pre-season but for some reason Jason Steele kind of got the nod and then he came in in the cup against Carlisle and had a really good game and everyone thought oh just get Reuter in so I think the whole clamour for a goalkeeper kind of died down but then as soon as Reuter got into the team he just made loads of mistakes as well and I mean he's been alright recently not perfect but he's been alright recently but I remember when Stockdale first went to Birmingham it was quite surprising because obviously he was 
going up with with Brighton. And there's obviously reasons behind that. But I think a lot can be said for having your number one goalkeeper who, and I think Stockdale's arguably probably the best or one of the best goalkeepers in the league as well. So yeah, I, th- I think he was he was voted best goalkeeper in the division last year with Brighton when they went up, like you say. And it was a surprise for us as well. I think we we gave a new contract to Kushak and one of our young keepers, Connell Truman, as well. So when the first sign in the transfer window was was Stockdale, we were you know a few eyebrows were raised, and you know that 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 probably started off the the crazy hype that you know we're we're making a real big push for promotion if we're going in and and signing this caliber of player, but. Yeah, he, he's shown, you know, listen, Kushak, like I said, he's a steady, reliable keeper, but you can tell that Roberts and Dean and the back four have a, have a hell of a lot more confidence with Stockdale behind them. Like you say, it just takes a, a weight off the mind of the defence, and you know, he, he's good at coming for crosses. His distribution's very good. Like I say, that I'm sure that'll help us out in in the season with the games to come. Trying to hit teams on the counter, you've got someone with that distribution in goal. It, it's a definite plus point. Yeah, so I think he's one of the many reasons why why we've had an upturn in form the last four weeks. It's funny, whenever you mention a goalkeeper with good distribution, I just get this horrible pining for Jordan Pickford. It's, it's awful. <laughs> oh, well, um, I bet, yeah. That was only a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was... His distribution was... I mean, it, it, we would at first it was a joke that he had better distribution than the players, but he, he genuinely yeah. does. Like he, his distribution well, I, is. I, I said on our show a couple of times, I'd love to see Stockdale in our midfield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, keep the ball a hell of a lot better than some of them. It, it's like I mean, last season it was it was points where like Catamol or, or, or Stephen Pienaar. God, Stephen Pienaar, that's a bad memory. Um, <laughs> a very bad memory would would not be able to pass the ball like five yards, but Jordan Pickford could ping like a a side volley of like 50, 60 yeah. yards straight on someone's foot. Um, yeah. And, and it, uh, you know, it, depending on the style of football you play, I mean, it, when when you came to the stadium, you were, you are quite a possession-based side, I felt. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the aim. You know, I, I don't think we've got the players to blow teams away, if you like, to, to, you know, to score four or five in a game. But, you know, obviously, the longer we have the ball, the better because, you know, we, we're not, we weren't as organised. You know, our confidence was pretty shot at the time. And, and obviously, the more the opposition had, had possession, the more we were under threat and, and our confidence was shaky. And, you know, it was causing us a lot of problems. So I think that's that's something I think I think they've definitely worked on on trying to be trying to be more flexible, trying to be better in possession and you know, the movement has improved. You know, that like I said, the the front three starts with the front three. If if their movement's better then then there's more options for everyone else on the ball. And I think that that yeah, has been the way we've tried to go. You know, like, like I said, we're not blessed with technically brilliant midfielders, but they're trying and, and, and they're better than they were a month ago. You mentioned uh, last time you were on the podcast, I remember actually almost word for word, you said I think if we don't get a good result at Sunland, which you did you did to be fair I think Cottrell might be hanging by a thread so yes you know at that at that point and, and I, obviously I came on your podcast and I felt um the same level of kind of universal he's not the right man mm. so we're actually only 38 days down the line right but things can change very quickly in football what are your thoughts on Cottrell just now and what what has he changed in his own demeanor because I know from him being at Sunderland he can be quite a, a dour bastard for, for want of a better word yeah no I like you say, a month. It's been a month, and it, it, it's been a hell of a long month. You know, when you look at it like that. But I think there's still reservations. You know, the the Preston game at the weekend. We got back to one-one with half an hour to go, and he left it very late to make substitutions. And I think that's um, I think that's a side where. You, 
you look at the likes of yourself and under Coleman, I I think if it's nil nil with half an hour to go in games, the likes of Coleman and other managers, you know Nigel Clough at Derby, for example, at Burton, you, you'll probably get them going for it a little bit more. I think Cottrell's still a little bit concerned about that we're not technically the best team on on the ball and in possession. So I think I think that's probably why he's leaving substitutions very late because he he, he doesn't want to disrupt what has been working so far. You know this four three three with the same team, if you like. That's my concern possibly still a little bit negative in that sense you know I'm, I'm almost certain the game against the game against yourselves so he'll go with that 4-3-2-1 if you like whereas he, he could put he could play Chay Adams or he could play Hotter instead of one of the two defensive midfielders if you like especially like if, as you've said you don't exactly pack that midfield you know you've got five at the back and I'm not expecting you guys to come out and, and try and attack us from minute one but I'm almost certain he'll go like for like and, and play that three in midfield so I, I think there are still reservations about Cottrell but yet you know in the last month I I can't say too much bad about him. To be fair, he has learned from his mistakes, you know, and and you've got to give him credit for that. He's playing the the right players in the right positions, and you know we are on an upward curve at the moment. I, I kind of when you were speaking about Carl at the time, I just remember thinking, yeah, he's not going to last. Like I, I don't, mm. I, I don't rate him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it looked very much like that from the outside looking in. And, and as we've said, you know, it's been a month, thirty eight days officially, when, between the times that the sides have played. But I, I think we forget that inside that time, you've got the FA Cup third round. You've got like mm. six or seven games. It feels like in this period of like forty eight hours, it sometimes feels like Christmas. And I, I yeah. mean. I, I personally love that, but you only have to look at uh, like Sunderland over the Christmas period. We well, just after sorry, we beat Nottingham Forest one nil. Uh, it was a bit of a smash and grab, but you know, in my opinion, a deserved win. Then we played Barnsley at home, and you think, look, get another win here, and it was dire, and we got beat one nil. And that was the big surprise for me, because you you beat Fulham at home, and then like you say, you you went to Forest on one, and and that Barnsley at home, and then Cardiff away, was it you? Got pretty yeah. pretty convincingly beat as well, but Barnsley at home, I thought, what what an opportunity to get a real run going there, and then you lost that one at home. I was very surprised about that one. It, it was awful. I mean, that was um that that I was saying to a few of the guys uh, sort of beforehand. I think it was the whole fan. I took a bit of a break for a couple of months. I've been a season ticket holder since '97. I travel from Glasgow, so I, I feel like I've I've had my innings sometimes, and I feel like yeah, I don't, absolutely, yeah. I don't have anything to prove to anyone. So I thought I need, I need a bit of a break here. And I think I, I didn't go to a game from Middlesbrough in the league away from home. And I, I thought, you know, we'll beat Forest. I thought I'll, I'll go back. Maybe now's the right time. And it was it was weird being away from the stadium for so long and coming back for that Barnsley game because it, it felt even worse and the performance was so bad. But then on the flip side, we, we went and beat Hull in a huge game with, you know, honestly, there was a, a lot of young boys in that team. We had... Ethan Robson making his first league start, Joel Lasora making his first league start, Josh Madger, you know, he grabbed the headlines because he got the win against Fulham. But the the big thing about mm. that game on Saturday was Catamore came back to form and Lee Catamore has got that ability where if Lee Catamore plays as we know Lee Catamore can, he's not just an important player, but he's a huge, huge talisman. And and we, we love Lee Catamore. We always have. He's just been so bad this season and, and so frustrating. It's you kind of think, is he been the problem the whole way along or has he been part of the problem, sorry? But he was brilliant on Saturday. He had a very good game. And I think if the young boys are making, you know, the, the old experienced pros 
really like up their game, you know, we could potentially pull ourselves out of this quite fast. But Sunderland being Sunderland, we'll probably go to Birmingham and get absolutely tanked. <laughs> I don't think we'll tank anybody this season, so I don't think you've got any worry about that. But it's it's very interesting listening to you hear about, you know, the Catamol situation. And I don't know whether poisonous is the right word, but it, <clears throat> it's felt like that at Blues as well at points this season. You know, when we were on our bad run, you, you start looking around at players that, for the last 18 months have been really, really good for Blues and you're looking at them now and they're not the same players. You know, and you mentioned that midfield talisman. I, I could put David Davis into that. You know, David Davis, since he's come in from Wolves on a free, you know, has been has been brilliant. He works his socks off every game. He's, you know, he's not, not afraid to get forward. You know, he loves a tackle like Catamar does. But under, since Zola came in and then Redknapp and under Cottrell, you know, he, he really has gone missing and it's taken a it's taken him to be dropped a couple of times from the team. I think the message has finally got through and he's starting to look a little bit like the player he was before Zola came in under Rowett. You know, he's he's been given the most advanced role of the three midfielders. You know, he seems to be relishing that. He's getting around the pitch a little bit more. And like you say, that those those important players, those experienced players, your your, your big your big names in the team if you like. Catamol certainly has been at some and long enough to know what what is required in that team. If those players can get going, then then everybody else flourishes around them. That, this season, I, I've, I've hated Lee Catamore, and I think I've been quite open and honest about that. And he's a, he's a player that I've loved for a long time because he, you know, Lee Catamore before this season epitomised what Sunderland fans like in a player. Um, yes, he, he's a bastard, but he's ours. Um, he's our bastard, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But we came up against obviously one of your old boys, Seb Larson, on Saturday, and he was, he was bursting through on goal. And I think it was at like the last minute, and he was, he was running clean through. It, and it was typically Catamull. He just took the foul and just took his legs. But it was the motion afterwards was truly Catamull. Truly Catamull would do that, and then he'd walk over to the play and be like, "Sorry, mate," with a little bit of a glint in his eye, and then walk off like nothing had happened. And he did that, yes. and you yeah. were like. Uh, hang on, but I think a, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I think Lee Catamore, I mean, I'm judging this all on one game, but the, the young lad next to him, Ethan Robson, was excellent. He did a lot of the, the groundwork and helped Catamore. Catamore could kind of just play his game. He didn't have to cover every blade of glass, which is, I think sometimes he's trying to do and failed miserably because I don't think Lee Catamore is as good as he thinks he is, but he's also a lot better than I think the general consensus of or the, the football to yes. the UK public is aware of. Um, and I think sometimes he, he does things that he doesn't need to do. And I think having a young, energetic lad next to him and Ethan Robson really helped his cause on Saturday an awful lot. But I, I still have my reservations about Lee Catamore all the season. But if he can perform like we know Lee Catamore can, that Lee Catamore for a long time was a talisman for us staying in the Premiership. So we'll have no problem in the Championship. I just hope to God it wasn't a one-off. Yeah, and you know, I, I think I think you've, you've made a good point there about the young player coming in next to him, and it, it's double fold really. You know, you've got a young lad alongside him, so you know he can almost take on that responsibility of, of helping him through the game and and developing him, you know, and and teaching him the way to go. But also, he looks across and sees the young lad doing it, then he's got no excuse to not do it himself as such. And our, our midfield as well, like I said, the, about, about Cottrell bringing the right players in and the best players in the. The midfield three that he's gone with most often, you know, when everybody's been fit, has been Davis, Kifton, Belden, Gardner. 
And those three know each other. Those three have worked well together in the past. And well, since Kirsten Bell come back in in mid October when Cottrell came when Cottrell came in, you know he's he's probably been our player of the season to be fair. But you know having Davis back alongside him and and Gardner came in for, you know just after Christmas as well. So having those three back in midfield, you know they're they're working better together and you know there's an understanding between them and. And and I think like like you said with Catamol that that the experience he's got, but the understanding that there's young kids around him and he actually needs to step up now and uh, and play a part in this team to help those kids grow into the team. And talking about youngsters, there's a young boy we've we've just brought in from from Chelsea on loan, uh, Jake Clark Salter. Part of that I think was the under twenty team that won the World Cup for England. I think yes. Um, and he comes really highly rated, but he was he, he was pretty poor against Cardiff, but had a very good game on on Saturday. But the the problem being, is he a defender? He's a centre half, yeah. So he, he plays in a back three alongside at the moment. It's been O'Shea and oh, this escapes me, but he's had O'Shea and well, he's had Mark Wilson was it just okay. ahead of him actually. Come to think of it, in midfield against Cardiff, totally escaping me. This who, who played on Saturday, it's totally gone out my mind, which is really really bad of me, but. Um, he had, we've had that many defensive, but oh, Tyus Browning, of course, from, oh, um, from uh, Everton, yeah. have been impressed with this season, but he, he was impressive on, on Saturday, but the, I think the, what a lot of people said, and a lot of people kept their feet on the ground after Saturday, is, as good as a performance it was, it was a very poor whole side. Mm. I still feel like we need reinforcements, and the only player that we brought in so far is Clark Salter, who's a lot of rumours going around about loan players. Ben Woodburn was apparently quite close and then Klopp watched us against Cardiff and decided that wasn't a good idea, which you know, <laughs> I can't really so, blame him for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a few other names that have been mentioned. Emerson Hindman, who used to play for Rangers, a guy at Bournemouth just now. But we're, we're kind of worried, if I'm honest with you, that, that we're not bringing enough in because we, we've lost a fair amount. I mean, especially up front. Uh, Graben's gone back since we last spoke. James Vaughan, thank God, has left. But essentially, it's left us with two young boys who, to be honest, have, have scored you know one each and they've looked all right in the game. But you don't want to put that kind of pressure on any young kid's shoulders. You want to let them blossom, not, not kind of make them shrink with the, the pressure and you know they might not but you don't want to leave that pressure to them so we're a bit worried about the January transfer window which brings me to, to Birmingham I think any side in the bottom three obviously ourselves Bolton Burton Barnsley Hull will all be looking to bring names in who have you been linked to and, and what do you think you need in the team do you know what it's so frightening how alike we are. Um, we're absolutely the same. We we haven't yeah, brought we haven't brought anybody <laughs> in in the window, you know. And people are panicking a little bit, you know. That although we have had an upturn in, in form and performances in the last month, you know, we we still look at that squad and think if you if Gallagher gets injured, if if Chelsea recall Boger, or if one of the centrals gets injured, you know, we, we're starting to struggle again. We're looking like a, a pretty average team again. So. I think there is a concern that we haven't brought anybody in yet. Cottrell has let a few go. David Cottrell left on a free just before the window opened. You know, his contract was terminated. So he's we left. Were, we were linked to him, apparently. Oh, okay. um, it, all, it all kind of went, it all went very quiet. It was beginning of January because of his Wales connection. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, with Coleman, yeah. Wasn't massively hyped about that. So thankfully that's died down a little bit, if I'm honest yeah. with you. Now, if, to be fair, if you've got a set piece, he's dangerous apart from that. You know, I think his time has has passed by at this level as a winger. But you know, so he's gone. We let Stephen Gleeson go to Ipswich. Uh, who was the other one that went? That's escaped me as well. But we've, you know, so we've we've got. I think we've got still got about four or five loan players. 
Now, whether that's something that Cottrell's looking at, whether we at the moment we've got Cohen Bramall from Arsenal, who's a left back on loan, and Carl Jenkinson, who's from Arsenal as well on loan. Holy Maybe. God, Carl Jenkinson! I know, yeah, I know. Like, but we, we're playing Maxine Collin, who we bought from Brentford, who's a pretty good right back, to be fair. So you know, he's going to be difficult to display. So we've got two fullbacks either side on loan from Arsenal that aren't playing at the moment. Now, whether that's something that that he's trying to offer, trying to get them back to Arsenal, so that frees up a couple of loan spots and, and we go for loan players rather than rather than transfer fees because I don't think we've got a lot of money. Uh, we've yeah. been linked to uh, Hugo Rodiega, who's uh, the former Fulham striker who's in Turkey wow. at the moment. I was going to say, know. I forgot he existed. What, what's he doing in these days, Turkey? And the more worrying one, Carlton Cole this week. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're scraping the barrel a bit at the moment. For, but I think most of the people we're linked with are strikers at the moment. But obviously, you know, my personal view, Gallagher's not Gallagher's not moving from that strikers position. You know, he, he's the he's the man with the number nine shirt, and he's and he's keeping it as far as I'm concerned. So I'd like to be more to be linked with a few more midfielders, creative midfielders. Yeah, uh, people who are good on the ball. Um, so if we if we can if we can bring one or two in, you know, preferably a, a decent midfielder, then then I think it'll appease a few of the fans. But we are a little bit concerned. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's it. I, I was going to ask about your financial situation because obviously you spent not massive, but you know, not in today's day and age, but you still spent quite well in the summer. I think. I think for our for our standards, it was big in the summer. Yeah, we we backed Redknapp big time and we fell for it. Yeah. Where we we pretty much had a I think a copy of Reader's Digest and a can of baked beans. To <laughs> so, um, and it got us what you'd expect a, a, yeah. a lot of shite. Um, and yeah. one of them one of them's gone in James Vaughan. And it's funny you mentioned about loan signings because we've got um, well we've got Browning and Galloway. Galloway is probably going to go back. I think obviously Although, Graben's gone back. Graben's gone back. That's true. Yeah. Um, on top of that, we've got Clock Salter now as well. Um, but this, this still feels like there's so many positions to fill in the squad. And I think the annoying thing for us as fans is, is we pinpointed this before David Moyes had even gone. Because we said, look, when you go down in that division, you almost need not necessarily three good players for every position, but it's almost like three players for each position because yeah. of how busy the league is. Yes. And we're very good at like collecting right backs. We've got like Adam Matthews, Billy Jones and uh, Donald Love. Um, who, quite frankly, is he's not very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> as as is Billy Jones, Adam Matthews. On the flip side, I've been quietly surprised by, but the rest of the positions were pretty short. And this is where the young boys have been getting their opportunities. I mean, yeah. if you look across the back, you've got Browning who's on lo- Browning who's on loan, John O'Shea who's probably going to be here until he's seventy five. Um, yeah. Captain still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's still the captain, yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird, though. If you, sometimes when you take John O'Shea out of the team, you do miss something. I don't know what we miss. Yeah. <laughs> but something no, but goes he, missing. I think, I think you, you know, I mentioned a couple of times on our show, you know, when, when you're on such a terrible run, everyone who's not in the side is suddenly a world beater, aren't they? And you're, you're crying yeah. out for them to come back in the side. But, yeah. We, we have a tendency to do the the player gets better the more he is out injured. You know what I mean? The, the yeah, only of course, one that... yeah. You can't wait for him to get back and then you realise that actually they, were, they weren't missing much anyway. But yeah. Yeah, they were shite all along. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we've got one with that. I, I wish he would get better the more he's at the team. But Callum Manaman's been probably one player I was oh, very yeah. excited by and he's absolutely We were linked with run. him last summer, I think, yeah. He's terrible. 
he's awful. Is he really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, so so bad. And and McGeady started quite well, but McGeady's kind of been off color, if I'm honest. Which I suppose sort of brings me to the next question. I, I wasn't going to ask this because I've asked you this already, but your answer at that point was Lewis Graben. So. Going into the game, obviously, just to finish off, my same standard normal questions. I don't like to deviate too much from them. He said Lewis Graben last time. Which player would yeah. you take from our club just now? And what do you expect the score to be on that Tuesday night? Um, it's a difficult one because I don't know a lot about your younger lads. Obviously, they've they've come in and and you've mentioned that, that they've made a they've made a big impact, you know. And uh, I think it's very difficult to to, to judge, you know. It, it, and, and work out against them. I mean, Cottrell's got a job now where, you know, he's, I'm, I'm assuming these kids are going to be the ones playing on Tuesday night because at the moment you haven't got any other options up front. Pretty um, much. You know, so I, I think it's a tricky one. You know, we're not blessed with pace at the back. Roberts and Dean are, are good in the air and, and they're good at what they do. They're not exactly blessed with pace. Derby ripped us apart a little bit in, in terms of their fluidity and their movement up front. And I think that's that's a worry. You know, you mentioned McGeady as someone who, you know, I, I look at there, if he was in the Blues team, if he was one of the front three for us, could he keep the ball a bit better than we do? I think possibly. He, he's someone that's impressed me throughout his career and his legs might have gone a little bit, but I, he scored a really good goal at Forest. He scored the winner at Forest, did he? It was a um, really random dive in the header. Apparently his first headed goal he's ever scored in his career. But it was a oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a good timing for it though, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think I think your young lad. You know, I mentioned last time as well the Honeyman and and Gooch as well as. So I, I think those those younger players that you know a, anyone with a bit of pace, just a bit of the unknown, if you like. Um, yeah. I, I think that that might be where we we, we come and stuck a little bit. I, I think I think we can probably get at you defensively. You know, we, we did at your place, and you know I'm sure with 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 a pretty decent backing at home, we'll we'll give it a go as well at our place. But I think that. that that's my main concern, yeah. You're a dip into the unknown in terms of your front players. Yeah, you've got, I mean, Asoro got the winner on Saturday. and Yeah. I, I, I before this season and before the last few months. finish as well, yeah. It was, it was. And the kid's only, I think he's only 18. Um, so he's very young. Our forward line was, they were both 18 each. So effectively the age of John O'Shea combined. Yes, yeah. Um, but Asoro, he has got this kind of, and I was very critical of him beforehand. I thought he was too small, too weak. I thought, no, not 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 for me. He's not what he's linked to be. But he he was probably our highly most highly rated youngster, I think, on on paper at the, at that point. But he's since Coleman's came in, he's really came on in leaps and bounds. And his pace, if you if you worried about pace, and Michael Dawson um, on Saturday seemed to panic every time he got the ball, and he, he yeah. should have, he should have won a penalty. He got booked for diving, but for me, it was it was a definite penalty. It was a right. stone. And every time he got the ball, he just wanted to run it, defenders and attack people. And he was rewarded with a goal. And it was a cracking finish for such a young show, uh, such a, a young lad. You know what I mean? It's yeah, definitely. A I think very good that, finish. It's that directness as well. You know the you know young kids they they they're not frightened. They're not they're not scarred by former performances or you know past no. past seasons. You know you you you've been on a pretty pretty rocky road the last few years but obviously these kids that weren't involved in any of that and 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 it is that freedom to to go out and express yourself and and have a go you know and make a name for yourself and i think you know fair play to the for the two lads up front the one they've both got a winner in in one nil home wins which have been which have been really big for you so far 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the C, I, I posted something on, on Twitter the other day, which I thought was funny, but I didn't get the hits I wanted. Um, but they say, you know, they say you, you cannot win games with the, the kids or you cannot just bring the kids in. But, you know, six points later, and six you points have, is yeah. huge of in course, a relegation yeah. battle. Well, especially when it's so tight down the bottom as well, like you mentioned, you know, that those six points, if you get another six points in the next two games, you're almost up, you know, to 16th, 15th position. So, you know, the, the big, big, big goals. And like you so said, we're a bit reliant on Gallagher at the moment. Um, you know, he's getting most of our goals. And, and to be fair, to, to the two kids up front for you, that they're getting your goals in, in big games. Yeah, no, I'm going to totally agree. And I think it's nice because I thought we'd struggle without grabbing. So it's been nice to see the young lads chip yeah. in. So I suppose just to, to leave you, what's your prediction? Because you sound a bit more positive than last time. So Yeah, yeah. Normally, we've, we've done okay against the teams in and around the playoffs zone and struggled against teams at the bottom at home but um i think i think we've we have got a bit of a, a thing going at the moment you know the last home game we got beat by derby but but before that we've had two or three decent performances at home and i'm i'm going to be a little bit more optimistic this time i think i'll go with a 2-1 home win i'll take i, I fancy a draw i fancy another 1-1 i think yeah both sides probably won't go for it immediately Kind of play. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be going hell for leather and going one or two down straight away. And mm. both our sides have a vulnerability to do that. And I think I think I'd probably take a draw. I think you know, not letting you gain on us, it would be nice yes. to. Win. But you know, in this league, it, it could be seven 0 to any of us, and it wouldn't be surprising. It's a mental it would, league. He wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a crazy league. But thanks for coming on again, as always, Chris. Pleasure. I'm going to say anytime. Like I always do. I hope you have a horrible, horrible Tuesday. I hope is it Tuesday? Yeah, it's Tuesday. We play. Yeah, Tuesday night. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought I'd really made a four par there. Which would you have haven't been got a game this weekend, have you? But we've got Huddersfield away we in don't. the cup. Um, so you've got a little bit of a rest on us, which, which could play a part. That is true. Actually, that is very true. Don't don't make me feel too confident. I, I, I got it <laughs> on my face last time. So. <laughs> yeah. Again, as always, like I say, Chris, thanks for coming on. Good to catch up. Nice to hear you yeah. feeling a bit more positive. Um, and you, I hope, yeah. I hope, you know, just for a little bit, like I say, next week, your positivity drops a tad. But um, always going to have you on, mate. Thanks for coming on. No problem, and you. Cheers. Cheers, bud. That is the end of, I think it's episode eight. I think we confirmed it was episode eight. I think I was checking as we were chatting and it's episode eight. doesn't feel like it's been that many. still feels like quite a fresh thing to me. But yeah, two two sides who actually, funnily enough, second bottom, third bottom. And we're both feeling a little bit positive, but that's what three points does. And I think, you know, Chris Coleman alluded to that a few weeks ago before the Fulham game. Said, you know, if, if you're winning games, atmosphere isn't spoken about in the stadium and, and fan uh, disruption uh, or, or a sadness or whatever you want to call it isn't spoken about in the media. It's all about the team and how they're winning and, and the positivity around the place. Three points can change everything. If three points makes me feel this positive, imagine what six points can do. As always, I hope you join me again next time we speak and I've got another three points to speak about like I have done a few times this season. I'm fully on the uh, the Chris Coleman bus if there's such a thing. I think we're all behind him. I think hopefully by the time we speak, we're at the 30th of January the next game. We've got a few more signings in. We're looking a little bit more positive and let's climb that table. Thanks for joining in. Cheers. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.